Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be back. Hop the Prop, Season 5, Season 6, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we're back. Here we are, start of the college football season, and I got our boy Chuck. Chuck, how are you? Seth, we finally made it, man. It was a long summer without a lot of stuff to bet on, but it's officially, we're back with a full slate this weekend, and I couldn't be more excited to be back with you. Dude, I was I was dying, and I'm not gonna lie. I mean, baseball going on, you know, good sport. You know, you can bet it occasionally. Nothing wrong with an occasional nerfy. But recently yeah. moved down to Houston. It's not legal down here, so I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna call yeah, up a bookie on a Tuesday book. afternoon. Yeah, I'm not gonna call him up on a Tuesday afternoon and be like, hey, I need I need the Pirates Reds no run first inning. That's a little the gen. Game. I'm not there yet. Yeah, you never know. Could could do the Astros game, but I haven't haven't gotten that bad yet. But I was. I've been feeding, feeding to fire the pod back up. And no better way to start it than, than week one of college football. Now, we s- did skip week zero for a reason. I think I'm 0-8 in week zero. Yeah, there wasn't much. There, It was pretty slim pickings out there. If, you, if we wanted to bet on Ohio versus San Diego State, we could have, I guess. But it was probably a good, yeah. good stay-away week for the, for the boys. Get get some research going and uh, and start fresh week one. Exactly. There were there were too many too many games that I felt like the the hype would just wasn't there for for week zero. So we, we decided to kind of bypass it and focus on on week one here. A lot of a lot of good games, but a lot of games that I think are going to fly under the radar that are going to be good. Not a lot of high powered high ranked matchups here, um, but we we do kind of want to dive into a couple of our favorite over under team totals for college football before we get into our week yeah. one predictions. Um, Chuck, you want me to, to lead us off here on, on my play? Absolutely. Let's 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 hear what you got for the, the twenty twenty three college football season. How do you how do you see this playing out? So I've got I've got two team totals here. One one is an over, one is an under. I'm going to start as the with the over because it's a really boring over to be honest. It's the Georgia Bulldogs, two time national championships, going for a three peat. Have you seen their schedule, Chuck? Oh, it's a cakewalk. It always it is. is. It is possibly the easiest college football schedule I have ever seen from an SEC opponent. Like, it is absurd. They do not That's play crazy. Alabama. They do not play LSU. The only tough game on their schedule is at Tennessee. Yeah. And Tennessee had a great year last year. They did lose to Georgia when they went into the doghouse. And now they got them at, at home. Is it going to be a special moment like it was with Alabama last year? I don't think so. And that's why the over-under right now is at 11.5, but it's plus 110. So you're getting slightly uh, more than even money on a team that's won two straight national championships with their literally one hard game, and that's being Tennessee. The only other challenging game that I could even see would be South Carolina. And that's if Spencer Rattler goes off and, and Beamer Ball has a day. But that's in the doghouse as well. So South Carolina would have to go into Athens and win that game. This is just a team that I really see them steamrolling, absolutely plowing through their schedule, getting to the end undefeated. Because they don't even have to win the SEC championship for this to hit. You're getting plus money yeah. on the best team in the nation to go undefeated. And I feel like that's you, you got to jump on that. Yeah, Seth, I actually love this play. Um, I guess the concern, you know, and why this maybe is plus money is – is not maybe the schedule because I, I can't imagine any better is looking at that schedule and thinking Georgia's going to lose two or one game. Um, maybe you think they lose the Tennessee game, maybe, but that you're still getting plus money. That means a lot of people are betting the under, which I don't really understand because 
I guess the concern is, you know, Stetson Bennett's gone. They lost a lot of players, but that happened last year. They lost a lot of players and they still won the title. And I don't think quarterback's that big of a problem. I think you can plug anybody in there. I think Carson Beck has been there for a little while. Um, and I think he'll be fine, especially he's got some pretty easy games to get warm and, and figure it out before you get to that Tennessee game. And Seth, I just looked, FanDuel has a couple games like in the future, some of the, the high highlight matchups of the college football season. George is a seven and a half point favorite at Tennessee right now, if you wanted to bet on it. So it's like you're getting basically plus money for them to just beat Tennessee because that's the really only true, you know, issue on their schedule. You could, you could say Ole Miss comes to, comes to town late South Carolina, like you said, comes to town, but I don't see Georgia losing any game at home. So the only true test is on the road and you're basically getting plus money for them to win that game essentially. Yeah, and, and Chuck, I'm just going to reiterate for the people at home here. Georgia's out-of-conference schedule, all at home, UT Martin, Ball State, and UAB. Like, how oh, do they not win any correction, of those games? Correction, like, Sorry, they do have a Power 5 out-of-conference game. It's Georgia Tech. Oh, yeah. It sucks. I think their, their over-under for the year is four. Yeah. So no one outside the SEC is beating them. And then – I'm just going to run through it real fast. South Carolina, Auburn, Kentucky, Vandy, Florida, who we'll talk about later. Missouri, who played them tight last year, but this yeah. one again in Athens. Right. Um, Ole Miss, I just don't see Ole Miss's offense doing really much against Georgia's defense. It always feels like they kind of come to a screeching halt against defenses like Georgia, like Alabama, and then Tennessee and Georgia Tech to end it. So unless there is an absolute epic collapse – of Kirby Smart's team here, I just don't see, don't see him losing a game. So really hot take, Seth. You're, the team you like this year is Georgia. <laughs> um, I'm going to go a little bit more off the board with mine. Um, I have it in the same fashion. We didn't plan it out this way, but I also picked one over and one under for the college football season. And I'm going to start with my over here. I like the Wisconsin Badgers a lot this year, Seth. Um, so a couple reasons why. New coach coming in, Luke Fickle. Um, since former Cincinnati coach, so you, you know he's been kind of trending. Um, took a bigger job. New quarterback comes in as well, Tanner Mordecai from SMU. We know he can sling it a little I bit. Can, I can throw it, which is you know kind of a change in the culture that we've seen in Wisconsin. Right? They like to run the ball. They focus on defense. Haven't had a good quarterback in a while. Shout yeah, they got out. Graham Mertz out of there. Sorry, I'm just I want, I want I'm to shout him out. We'll talk about to, Graham Mertz. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about. So, you know, kind of changing the culture a little bit in Wisconsin and kind of leaning more into the offense, which I love. You know, this is more of an offensive league. Football just in general is nowadays. Um, but they still got the running game, too. Braylon Allen is still there. I think he was on the second team All-American uh, preseason list. Um, so he's a baller. And the big thing, you know, when you're looking at over-unders, you talk about schedule. Wisconsin's obviously in the Big Ten. They don't have to play Penn State. They don't have to play Ohio State. And they don't have to play Michigan this year. So you really like that. Um, the over-under set at eight and a half. There is a little bit of juice there. People are betting the over. Um, so Wisconsin getting a lot of love, but I'm, I'm jumping on. Um, they were seven and six last year, um, but they did pl- have to play Ohio State, which they got thrashed. And, and they lost to, to Wazoo um, at home, which was, which was tough. Um, so I think they'll bounce back, even though they have to go to Wazoo at a conference this year. Um, I don't see them losing that game two years in a row. 
So, you know, and I expect the defense to be good again, like I said. So the offense, you know, switching gears and trying to focus on the offense a little bit, which I love, but I, I expect the defense to still be good. I mean, it's Wisconsin. They were ninth in total defense last year. Um, they were 89th in offense last year. So I, I expect the defense not to drop that much, but the offense to go up a, a good bit with Tanner Mordecai in um, and kind of Luke Fickle just kind of bringing that culture um, in from Cincinnati. So really high in Wisconsin this year. Um, I expect good things. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you, and that's mainly because they're changing their offensive scheme. You know, Luke Fickle's coming from Cincinnati using a quarterback like Desmond Ritter. They're kind of getting out of the, the run-it-up-the-middle, you know, old Big Ten-style offense. I expect yeah. them to spread it out a little bit. And that new offensive style, you know, might might take a couple games to, to get going, but those are also why, you know, you have those out-of-conference games. So by the time they get into into the big uh, – Big Ten Conference play, they should be rolling a little bit. So I, I like that play, Chuck. Yeah, speaking um, so of that, um, I just want to throw out, you know, if you don't like the minus 144 for over 8.5, um, you can still get Wisconsin to win the Big Ten West, which consists of, like, Iowa and Minnesota and none of the none of the big dogs in the Big Ten. You can still get that at plus 140. So I just want to throw, throw that out there. There you go. Yeah, that is the one thing we've kind of discussed. A lot of these team overs, there's not a ton of value just by the way Vegas puts people the odds. People love to bet overs. Yeah, people love to bet overs. Um, and also they'll put them at minus 130, 135, um, which which kind of is an interesting segue to my second here. Yes, so, so precursor, I'm talking about Texas Tech. Texas Tech, a lot of offseason hype, could, could be viewed as a dark horse in the Big 12. And I agree. And I was telling Chuck last week, I was like, Chuck, I really like Texas Tech. Their over-under came out at five and a half. Uh, we went through their schedule. I'm like, I really see them, you know, you know, getting that six, seven games. So yesterday I get back on, you know, DraftKings to, to look at, to actually place this bet or to, you know, get a bookie to place it because technically I can't do it here. This line went up to seven and a half plus 100, seven and a half Texas Tech. This line jumped up two points. From five and a half to seven and a half. And I called Chuck. I said, Chuck. You got his ads. We're flopping. We're flopping. We're going against the public. And we're taking yes. Texas Tech under. Let's go. Under. A week after I was all over there over. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. It sounds insane. It's but I'll awesome. tell you why. And Chuck is a big fade the public guy. And I, I tend to ride the public. I love believing in the public. I love, you know, I'm a big crabs guy. I love rolling the dice. Everybody's getting amped up. But what do they always say, Chuck? The house always wins. So if everybody's on one side and this line jumps up two points, Vegas is correcting a little bit A, but that means everybody and their mother is on Texas Tech to win eight games. We went through their schedule. I see five very, very winnable games. Wyoming, Tarleton State, Houston, West Virginia, UCF. Yeah. So now they have to win three games from Oregon, Baylor, Kansas State, BYU, TCU, Kansas, and Texas. They've got to win three of those. They're at Texas, at BYU. I think BYU, can't. they can be beat. They are new to the Big 12. Initially, why I like Texas Tech, they played all three newcomers in the Big 12. Houston, BYU, and UCF. But TCU is getting all they're also getting a lot of hate. Their over-unders low. I think it was at seven and a half, and they're ranked 17th. 
So they've got something to prove. I don't think that's going to be a win. Kansas State is a great team as well. Um, Baylor smoked them last year at home. They have to go to Baylor this year. I just don't see three out of those games being wins. I think it falls at seven. I think it falls right under. Yeah. And it's about, it's right on, it's about, I think, 115 or 120. So pretty much even money here on a point that you're, you're getting a value on, on my side. At the most, I'd see that it goes up to six and a half. I think six and a half was the right number. Right. But yeah. I, I see seven as a pretty realistic. I just don't, I don't see eight. Spot. And I know they have a lot of returners. I know there's a lot of hype around them. Um, they can throw the ball. They can score. The issue is going to be their defense and a decent amount of players leave. Um, their offense is still intact, but these are going to be high scoring games. And when you're going against in the big 12 with a lot of high scoring offenses, you're going to be in a couple shootouts and it's going to be turned into, can they win those shootouts? Can they win shootouts against teams that have higher offense like Oregon with Bo Nix, with Texas, with Kansas state? I don't, I don't think they can. I did when it was at five and a half, I was like, Oh, they can win one, maybe two. But you're asking them to win three? Don't see it going against the public, going against myself a week ago. And I'm taking the under here. Yeah, I mean, I I think I definitely chalk up Oregon, Texas, and Kansas State as losses. So then they they really only have wiggle room for two more, or they'd have to only lose one more to hit this over. So, you know, I think this the public's just bet this up to a number that you can't you can't take the over. So the only logical play is is the under and you know i love to to zag when everybody else is zigging yeah i think it's you like to zig when everyone else is zagging but i know what you're saying well i i'm the one that zags oh you're a zagger because i I don't know i'm gonna be honest it's it's a little confusing at gonzaga that was their saying and i hated it that it was really kind of a weird saying it's like whenever the other zig we zag like i don't like this this is weird i don't know i think go zags shout out shout out to the zags but um it's not college basketball season it's like can't yeah. get hyped up about them yet. Nope. Haven't had a football team since 1944. Undefeated since then, though. Haven't lost. So, but uh, all right, Chuck, why don't you round us out with your your last uh, team over here before we go into week one? Yeah, you kind of moved me over to the West Coast, so I'm going to stay in that that region with Gonzaga and, and talk about UCLA. Um, so my under for this this season is the UCLA under uh, eight and a, also eight and a half. This one's plus money. Like we said, everybody loves sped overs, so you're getting plus money on the under here. A um, couple of reasons. Returning production, right? UCLA lost a lot of people last year. They lost DTR to the draft. They lost Zach Charbonnet, their running back. They lost Jake Bobo. Um, they're 104th on an off, offensive returning production out of, you know, whatever, 130 teams. So pretty low there and offense was their calling card right so they're 104th in returning production on offense their offense ranked fifth last year so that's going to take a drop um they're 59th in returning production on defense which is a little bit better but their defense wasn't a strength last year their defense ranked 89th so you got to think about that when you look at returning production it's like well were they actually a good unit last year or like bring back good players like i don't think this defense that they're bringing back is even that good so i think the you know, the defense maybe gets a little bit better, but it's still going to be a middle-of-the-pack defense, if not bottom half. Um, and I think the offense drops down a little bit. There's a four-way QB battle going on right now, last time I heard. So I'm not sure who's going to come out of that, if it's going so, to be... apparently, quick update for you. As of yesterday, Garbers, Garbers. has emerged, yeah. emerged out of the... That's what I figured game. it would be. Um, Garbers has been around in the league for a while. Um but they, they brought in that kid Moore who was supposed to be, you know, five-star talent. So it wasn't sure if he was going to give him a little bit of a run. So 
you know, they took that QB battle pretty late into the, the you know, the preseason here. So, you know, I don't, don't love that. Um, and I don't love that, you know, I don't think Ethan Garbers is a step up from DTR. I think that's, that's safe to say for sure. Um, the schedule's tough too. You know, you got to look at that. Out of conference, they get Coastal at home this week. That's an interesting one. You know, they should win, but it's interesting. Um, they go to San Diego State, which I don't think is easy either. I mean, San Diego State has a good defense. That they beat Ohio last week. I don't know. Just just things to think about when you're taking an under is that it's not, you know, they're not playing Tarleton State. You know, they got a little bit more juice. They're playing NC Central, game. though. NC Central is on the schedule. Well, you know, but that's that's after a couple couple tough games. Yeah. Um, and they got Oregon State, USC, and Utah on the road. I'm not sure they can win any of those games. Oregon State, maybe. Um, but you know, I'm high on Oregon State. They were they were pretty solid last year. So the UCLA UCLA went nine and four last year with DTR. So you're asking them, you know, you think losing DTR is a one game penalty so to speak i i would say yes so i i think there's there's value in the under yeah chuck i mean i was looking at the schedule with you and and utah oregon state especially with um oregon state getting the the quarterback from clubs i always I, I always i always mess up his name so i didn't want to say it i was leaving it to you a, a clemson guy just just uh, ukulele is fine j- ukulele yeah so they, they got him and they're gonna be they're gonna be surprising some some people this year as well um, but other than those three games, you're asking them to win every other sing every other game, and I just don't think that right. happens. I think they slip up. Um, there's got to be a game in there. I mean, they Colorado, who we'll talk about year. a little bit. Yeah, they lost Arizona last year playing Arizona on the road. Um, they've got Colorado at home. Could be a tricky one this year with by the time, you know, middle of the season. Um, Dion's got that team rolling. Um, Arizona State, I know they just had a – they're not playing in a bowl game this year, self-proclaimed bowl, bowl ban, but they also had a lot of transfers. I have no idea what that team's going to look like. There's just a lot of question marks on this schedule, and, and for you to assume that they're not going to lose any of them I think is a big ask. Yeah, especially so, the new quarterback, I, totally new offense. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so definitely something to keep your eye I agree. I like that under as well. Loaded. Pac-12 is absolutely it, it, really, it went from being complete garbage to now it's like people are talking about In the it. last year of its existence. Exactly. In the last year of its existence, it's it's changing it's for the better. So, um, but that that is the last of our kind of over under portion of this of this pod here. It's actually a great segue um, to to my first pick of the year. Let's do it. Let's hear it. And Chuck, let me tell when I saw that this game was on a Thursday night, I got excited because you know more than anyone. No one loves talking about this specific player more than I do. <laughs> We've brought him up before. We're bringing it up again. Thursday night, kicking off week one. We've got Florida at Utah. Utah six-and-a-half-point favorites. Some people are thinking, oh, it's, it's a rematch of last year, you know? Yeah. Sure but – Florida, they don't have Anthony Richardson this year. Who do they have, Chuck? Who do they have? Big GM, baby. Graham Mertz. And for everyone who's new this year and not listening the past year, I have ripped this man apart since his freshman year. Dude, do you think we talked about him like when we first started the like first season of this podcast? I feel like whenever his freshman year was, which I think was three years ago, because he went off. And this is this is why my hatred of Graham Mertz is so large. 
He went off for the first five games. Wisconsin was 5-0. and He had like 13 touchdowns and no interceptions. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, he's the next great quarterback. He's only a freshman. He's leading Wisconsin to this great start. They had played like two FCS teams. They played Northwestern when they were bad. I mean, they're still bad. They played some other garbage team. Like the, the strength of schedule was so bad. Then he started playing against good teams. Sucked. Throws for like 97 yards and two picks. Like disaster of the rest of the season. And it's been trash ever since. So he, on the offseason, leaves Wisconsin, goes to Florida. Florida is in a three-person QB battle for months. Because, is it Napier, their head coach? Yeah, the guy from Louisiana. Yeah. He couldn't decide. And he said in press conferences that no one has stood out. No one has looked good. And you're talking about a three-year starter in Graham Mertz who doesn't look good in front of a like. So anyway, he somehow wins the job. New system, didn't play well in training camp. First game, you're going to Utah, who's ranked, who had the 35th best ranked defense in all of college football last year. I'm going to go back to last year's statistics for you. Mertz in top games of top 50 ranked defenses, he had three. Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois. Here are the stats. 170 yards against Minnesota and a pick. Loss. 176 yards against Iowa and one touchdown, two picks. Loss. 206 yards and one touchdown, two picks against Illinois. Loss. All six, all the three of those games, they lost by more than six and a half points. The closest game was seven points. Camp rising for Utah. Senior season. They have a chance to make some noise in the Pac-12. Revenge game. They lost to Florida last year. Mertz can't handle the lights. Give me Utah minus six and a half. Blow the doors. The doors off Florida. Seth, I love this place so much. Um, I'll have you know I already bet it. So I'm ready to ah, go. Perfect. I uh, saw it at six and a half. Didn't want to jump up to seven. Grabbed it at six and a half. I would encourage any listener right now to do the same. Um, as we talked about, you know, we love fading Graham Mertz on this podcast. We've been talking about this Graham Mertz since the emphasis infancy of this podcast back in 2020 i confirmed that he his first you know real action was in 2020 as the wisconsin starting quarterback um now he's at florida and we just expect him to do more of the same and that's and that's struggle um utah lost this game last year and now they get they get florida at home they're gonna be ready you know this is kind of opening the season for them um they expect to have another good year cam rising is back like you said a lot of players are back Utah ranks yeah. 16th in returning production this year. Um, and that brings back a defense that was ranked 26th in total defense last year and an offense that was ranked 17th. So this is a really, really solid Utah team, right? So, you know, at home, covering a touchdown against the Florida team that we don't expect much from, especially with Graham Mertz at the helm. I'm, you know, I like this better than any of my plays this week. So I'll say that right yeah. now. And I just want I just want everybody to know that you know if you look at Graham Mertz's overall career stats, they're not that bad. But when you look at it game by game, yeah, you got to break for, it out. For example, for example, last year, nineteen touchdowns, ten picks. Eight of those touchdowns, no correction, nine of those touchdowns came against Illinois State, New Mexico State, and Northwestern. Yeah. Northwestern won one game last they year. They were really bad last year, yeah. Eight of those came from those three games. So almost half of this man's touchdown passes came from three games against opponents who had 
an overall F- FBS combined win total of like three. So, I mean, the guy does not show up for big games against decent defenses. I'm going back to 2021 here. 2021, nine touchdowns, 10 picks. He threw four picks against Notre Dame. He threw, again, five of his nine touchdowns all season against Rutgers and Northwestern. He just beats up on teams that suck. But then he actually plays a good defense and and he's terrible. So... I just want to throw that out again. So my, I, I, I get a lot of joy from this. And, you know, I, a little bit of me is hoping that he proves me wrong. I hope that somebody somehow tells him how much, how much crap I give him on this pod. And he, he goes out there. If he, if he shows me up on Thursday, great. I'll be the first one to congratulate him. But that's <laughs> not going to happen because he's not that guy and they're going to get smoked. The only way that Florida stays in this game is in their defense. The only chance is that they try to slow uh, Utah's running game down and Cam rising down. That is the only chance because they will not outscore them. I guarantee you that. They're not putting up 28 or 27, however many they put up last year. I'm done. 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 We'll spend so much time on this podcast, you ranting about this man. Dude, he's definitely taken up at least the combined like four hours of airtime. So funny. All right, well, I'm going to – you know, my card this week is filled of some interesting matchups to find the least. We're trying to find, I think we we said this last year and we're, we're saying it again. We're trying to find value here in week one. I don't have a lot of stats to go off. As, you, as you've seen so far, you know, I'm trying to look at, well, how were they last year? How much of that team comes back? You know, that's kind Big of Big returning production. Here. Returning production is a great stat to look at. I know you Yeah, I mean, that that's up. all you really got in week one. So, you know, what I'm kind of looking at in this in this first bet on my card is – how good these teams both were on defense last year. And that's the Toledo versus Illinois game. Um, wow. I think I, I made some serious money betting, betting in Illinois under last year, and I'm, I'm back to it. Um, under 46 is the number that I'm seeing. Illinois was third in total defense last year. Um, Toledo was actually 17th, which kind of caught me by surprise. And they're, Toledo's 11th in returning production, so they're bringing a lot of players back from that solid defense. Um and I'm not sure what Illinois ranks in returning production, but I expect their defense kind of regardless, kind of the same logic with Wisconsin, right? Like kind of no matter who they have, I kind of trust them to just consistently have a pretty good, decent defense. Um, so I expect Illinois' defense to be pretty good again. Um, guess how many how many games of Illinois went over 46 points last year, Seth? Well, Chuck, I, I, they, I... Vividly remember being at a Middle Tennessee State game and, and watching an Illinois under live. Yeah. Um, that I know we were all over those unders and we were cashing them last year. So I'm going to say three. One. One of their games Holy went over God. 46 points last year. So, Jeez. you know, just Illinois just plays slow games, right? So, and Toledo, on the other hand, I was looking at their schedule. They, they put up some serious points against the MAC opponents for sure. This is not the same thing. Um, I think something comparable is Toledo played San Diego State last year, which is kind of known for having a pretty decent defense. And the final was 24 to 21, which, you know, if, if this game maxes out at that, you get the 45 points and you hit the under. So I really like the value here. You know, it's, I know it's a low number, but these teams both have really solid defenses. Illinois plays, you know, really low scoring games last year. And, and I hope that trend continues into week one. 
Yeah, and I, I feel like kind of our, our week one picks here as we as we dive a little bit deeper, there are a lot of trends to what we bet last year that worked. Um, and it looks like we're, we're going to stay on those trends. I mean, the, the Illinois under, um, I remember riding that with you pretty much all year last year. And I had a great time, and I'm – I'm hoping that continues as well. But, yeah, every, everything that you said, I'm right behind you on it. I like it. Um, I'm actually, it's actually going to lead me uh, right to my my next pick, which is another under. And this is another team that we talked about quite often last year. Kind of a, kind of an interesting game. Not not one you'd watch on paper. But we're, we're staying in the Big Ten, and we're going Utah State at Iowa. I was a 20 unders, baby. 25 point favorite over under set at 43 and a half. Now, if you're new or you didn't follow, you know, Iowa football last year, because not many people do outside the state of Iowa, no Iowa game really went over, I think, 40 points. Like the bowl game that they had between Kentucky, the over under was 30, and the final score was like 10 to 7. Because Iowa has the third overall best defense last year. Five returning starters, not a ton. One of their best linebackers got drafted by Detroit. But they reload every year. They are always one of the top defenses. That's their claim to fame. But they can't score ever. Cade McNamara, new quarterback at Iowa from Michigan. Could he be the missing piece? I know we talked about this earlier, Chuck. The offensive coordinator at Iowa now has a monetary incentive to score, what was it, over – 25 or 35 points in conference games? Yeah, I think it's only in conference games. This one doesn't super apply, but he has to average for the season in the conference 25 points per game or else he gets fired, like straight up. Yeah, like it is. their it's offense so was so bad. Like they, Their opening game last year was against South Dakota State, who I'm not, I'm not throwing any shade on South Dakota State. Great program up there. Great FCS school. That final score was 9-6. to six. <laughs> Like if, if you are a Big Ten team, you cannot only put up nine points and win by a field goal against South Dakota State. That just can't happen. So not only is Iowa's defense good and the Iowa offense is, is questionable here, Utah State's offense was tied for the fourth most interceptions per game last year. They also played Alabama and did not put up a single point. Iowa forces a lot of turnovers, which is why they have a top, top defense. A lot of anticipation, a dark horse in the Big Ten. I'm going with the best bet in sports until it fails me, and it's an Iowa under. Give me the under 43 and a half. I don't think Utah State puts up over 10, and I really don't think Iowa Iowa puts up over 31. Even if Utah State put up 10 and Iowa puts up 31, which is six points over our uh, offensive coordinator's um, average, so he's already starting off, even though it's not a conference game, but you know, give him that motivation as the OC. New quarterback with McNamara, new system. I think they air it out a little bit. I think they get a little bit better on offense week one. But let's not sleep on Utah State's defense either. Like They were top 75 last year. They kept them in games in their conference. They're not great, but they're definitely better than their offense was. So I I see this game being another low-scoring Iowa game with starting to stretch the field a little bit and starting to score more, but I still think 43.5 is too much especially with a Utah State team that I don't think it's even 10 points on the board. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned that Utah State throws a lot of interceptions. I mean, you would really don't want to be a team that throws a lot of interceptions. Go, go play Iowa. Uh, that's yeah. a nightmare situation. Um, something I was, I was thinking about <clears throat> when I was talking about my Illinois, Illinois under is that 
you know, week one games in general might just be tough to, to hit overs. Um, I'm going to talk about an over here later, but just unders in general might be a good play just because, you know, when, especially when there's a lot of new pieces. You mentioned Kate McNamara coming in, new quarterback, new offense. Um, so, you know, it might take might be some growing pains there, even even against Utah State. So I like this play, you know, as we say, Iowa unders, usually a pretty solid bet. Yeah, I'm excited about those two. Definitely, uh, definitely uh, ready to see some some old habits. Hopefully, keep uh, keep strong in, in week one here. Um, Chuck, do you have another one? Yeah. So, like I said, I kind of teased it a second ago. So I'll go ahead and get right into it. I I do. I am taking an over this week. Um, I was kind of conflicted. I was doing some research on this game, kind of diving deep because it's a sneaky good game that we got this weekend. It, it um, sure is. It, I know which one you're talking up on me. Uh, South Alabama at Tulane is not one that you're going to be scrolling through ESPN and saying like, oh, I got to got to tune into that. But, but these two teams are really solid last year. Um, so South Alabama was 10 and three um, and had the 37th ranked offense last year. And they returned 19 of 22 starters from that team. Um, so they're, they're bringing a lot of the same dudes back, uh, lost in the bowl game to Western Kentucky. So I think they're going to be motivated to kind of improve on that really good season that they had last year. Tulane similarly had a really great year last year. They were 12 and two. Um, they won their bowl game against USC, uh, beat Kansas state as well. They ranked 30th in offense and they bring back Michael Pratt, their starting quarterback from last, from last year's team. Um, so these two teams are just really solid. So I expect this to be a pretty interesting game. Um, at Tulane. So, you know, I think Alabama, Southern South Alabama, you know, they got a really solid offense. So I think they start fast um, and get out to a little bit of a lead. And I expect Tulane to kind of feed off the crowd and feed off, you know, the hype of last year and, and kind of play catch up. Um, the thing that I want to mention, you know, I know you South Alabama returns 19 to 22 starters. Tulane returns their quarterback, but they do, lose their running back and a lot of their kind of key players I was reading defensively, it sounds like. Um, so that, that could be a little bit that kind of leans towards the over as well is that Tulane, you know, has to throw a little bit more cause they don't have their trusty Tajay Spears in the backfield um, and, you know, missing some key starters on defense against a, a team that, that might sneak up on them just a little bit. Um, South Alabama, I think Tulane could, could overlook this game a little bit and South Alabama gets into a good start. Yeah, and and you you mentioned that some of their defensive starters you know got drafted. There there was I forget his name. He was number one on their defense though. Best player, middle linebacker. Guy was an absolute dog. So <laughs> too bad that dog's Julian, not barking in the background anymore. Dude, I know I had a dog. Oh, I was perfect. like, man, that's his cue. That's his cue. He's not barking now. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, and we I know we talked about this game a lot. You and me before even getting on here, we were trying to figure out. Because this is this is, I think, one of the, as you mentioned, one of the most underrated games of the weekend. A lot of people aren't going to be looking yeah. at it, but you got one of the best teams in Conference USA, and pretty much the best team in the American with the absence of uh, of those teams leaving at UCF. Um, this is this is a game that's going to fall under everybody's radar, and I think it, it might be it has the potential to be the best game of the weekend. So we wanted to find you know what what that best bet was. We we talked about um, South Alabama for a little bit. We talked about Tulane minus six and a half, yeah. but. Uh, we we decided on the uh, the over instead. It's at, it's at fifty two points right now, and I, I I could see one of these teams, you know, getting to getting close to thirty, right? Thirty one twenty four that that hits, right? So I think I think something in that range is is pretty likely as an outcome. I don't I don't see either 
you know, one team is going to have a really good day offensively. Like both are yeah. too good offensively for both of them to just put up only like 20. Exactly. And I agree. And it's actually another, you know, we're, we're just killing the segues here, you know, in, in week one of the pod. And, and that's to be expected, you know, this is season five or six, but, but I'm I mean, we're going from one over to another. Um, but this, this over doesn't really have stats. This is not a statistical over. This is, this is what I like to call a, a passion over. And Chuck knows I'm usually good for about one passion pick an episode um, where the stats kind of go out the window, whether because, you know, you just can't trust them all the time or the stats simply just don't exist. And in this game, that's the case because you have two teams that look completely different than they do last year. And I'm talking about Colorado going to TCU. Colorado's a 21-point dog over under at 59 and a half. Chuck, this is a this is possibly the biggest statement game I think, other than LSU, Florida State. I'd say that's probably a bigger one, but but these two teams have statements to be made. Colorado with the most transfers, the most changes on their on their roster. This team has the is it does not look nearly like what it looked like last year. Dion coming in, Shadur is the quarterback. All the transfers, everybody leaving, a lot of hype around Colorado football and what they can do this year. Now, so I think they're going to want to get on the board, and they're going to get on the board fast. TCU's defense was ranked 93rd in the nation last year. People forget that. Their defense was not overly good. Then there are a total of 121 teams. You know what Colorado was ranked, Chuck? Or 31 teams, 131 teams. You know what Colorado was ranked? 100-something. 130th. They were second <laughs> to last in total defense. Now, I'm, not, I'm taking that with a grain of salt. They they averaged 513 yards given up per game. And, and again, I'm taking that with a grain of salt. A lot of transfers. You know, they got Travis Hunter on the edge now, but it's still their yeah, first game, know. and they're playing a TCU team that has a lot to prove in their own right. After making it to the national championship and just getting absolutely obliterated by Georgia, Max Duggan leaving. But we also forget that their starting quarterback this year he started against Colorado last year. Duggan didn't even start this game. They were up. They had put up 37 points in the first three quarters with this guy. So Colorado's defense, that's that's what I'm looking at here is, is the defense. I think both defenses are going to get exposed. I think both offenses have something to prove. I think this is going to be an absolute offensive showcase. And even if Colorado gets a couple of late touchdowns, because I, I don't think this game will be close. I think TCU is going to pull away. But I fully expect Colorado to keep keep throwing the ball Keep airing it out, putting points on the board. Over under the over under is fifty nine and a half. I know it's high, but but give me the over. I think one of these teams. T- I think TCU touches forty, and I think Colorado gets in the twenties. And then there you go, your over is sixty. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, but that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, not a lot of stats to back this one up, other than the fact that both teams are going to come out and they're going to come out firing. That TCU's um, stadium is sold out. That game is going to be rocking. Fans are going to be going. Because, again, TCU, they, I think they're over under 7.5, and, and they're ranked 17th. And they, they're only getting 7.5 wins by Vegas. So they've got something to prove as well. Colorado only getting 3.5. They're trying to make a statement early. I, I really expect this game to just be an absolute air raid attack. Yeah. And, I mean, even if Deion Sanders and all the transfers come in and, and help that defense, it's hard to – it's hard to make that big of a jump, right? No matter, exactly. you know, they were so, so bad last year. Like awesome. almost horrendous, embarrassing. One spot away from the worst you could be. Um, 
And, you know, TCU does lose a lot, right? Duggan's gone. Um, you know, Quinton Johnson's gone. So a lot of their, their main guys from that national championship team last year. But, but you know, I kind of trust that they've they've built kind of a culture to, to kind of replace those guys. And like you said, Duggan didn't even start against Colorado last year. So, um, no, I think, you're, I think, you know, even though you don't have a ton of stats to back it up, I think you're making a lot of good, good points. I would also like to say that Colorado, they are ranked 130th at 131 last year. On the road, games on the road, they are dead last. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Yeah. Just throw that out there. Again, not that it means a lot, but can't imagine you're going to go from dead last to good. Yeah. Again, a lot of chances. I'd love to see it. As a CU guy, I'd love to see it. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, TC is going to have something to prove for sure after just getting – railed by george and the natty team. oh yeah they've been thinking they've had all summer to think about we've been thinking about the pod they've been thinking about that they might want to put up 63 themselves that's what i'm saying they could cover this themselves Just, yeah bet so. on tcu to score 63 points exactly that's what that'd be hype that'd be hype if they did that'd freak out <laughs> all right well to close it out you said you had one passion pick of the week i'm gonna go to my passion pick of the week this is this is mostly a joke but um <laughs> We're talking about Cal versus North Texas, Seth. So, Barnburner. <laughs> like I said, my, my card is trying to find value. I want to talk about kind of a low-key good game in South Alabama Tulane, and now I'm talking about a, a high-key not good game um, <laughs> in terms of Cal, North Texas. Um, but don't sleep on the mean green, okay? That's all I'm saying. I'm taking North Texas plus six and a half. Um, both teams were, you know, they weren't Colorado-level bad in defense, but they were both – you know, 100 or worse in, in total defense last year. Um, and North Texas was actually had a pretty explosive offense. They were 21st in total offense last year. So I like this for a couple of reasons. One, Cal is trash. Uh, <laughs> Cal was 4-8 and eight last year. I expect them not to improve very much from that. Um, yeah, North Texas was 7-7, seven and seven, so nothing, nothing crazy there for sure, but they made a bowl game. Um, and they, they were a really solid offense. So in, in what could become a shootout, because both of these teams are really bad at defense and North Texas has a pretty decent offense, I'm taking, one, the better offense in North Texas, I expect. Two, I get points. And three, I get the home team. And four, I get to fade Cal. So I, I just think there's just four wins across the board there um, that you just got to go with. Again, I don't this one I don't have a ton of stats. This is my passion pick of the week. Um, let's go Mean Green plus six and a half. Nobody roots for Cal anyway. Like I don't think Aaron Rodgers even roots for yeah, Cal. If, if Cal joins the ACC, I'm gonna be so pissed. They're gonna. They're just so bad. Like, like I, I have to watch. Clemson I feel like every Cal. time, every time I bet against them, though, they somehow win. Like I remember it was the last leg of I, I of some parlay last year, and they beat Oregon, or maybe it was two years ago. But I was just like, how? Yeah. Always a team that I feel like always just messes me up. But uh, I'll leave that one to you. I, I like the passion. I pick. don't know. Passion also, passion. did did want to have a you know how PTI does errors and omissions at the end? Um, yeah, I did. I did have an error. I think I've said that South Alabama was in the Conference USA, which is just not accurate. They're in the Sun Belt, but I'm not sure if I said that or not. But I wanted to Look, clear that up in case I did say that. We can't I don't know why. There's a lot of conference realignment going on. It's hard to know who's where and what year things are happening. Yeah. Um, so if that happened, I apologize earlier, but. Um, to, that's that's all we've got for college football um, this this week here. But I, I did want to touch on a little bit of the NFL uh, moving forward here. 
Uh, I do have a team bet that I think uh, I think the public needs to, to get on, and, and that's the Saints. New Orleans Saints, the NFC South, if you guys have not been paying attention, is in shambles currently. Brady retired, so Tampa Bay is between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Um, Atlanta has traded or either traded or Mariota signed with the Eagles. Um, so their quarterback is now Desmond Ritter. Carolina got Bryce Young, but doesn't have an offensive line. And then you have the Saints. The Saints have possibly the easiest out-of-conference out of schedule I have ever seen against opposing quarterbacks. I'm going to run through it just so you know you can, you can see what I mean. Titans, Tannehill. Panthers, Bryce Young. Packers, Jordan Love. Bucks, Trask. Patriots, Mac Jones. Texans, CJ Stroud. Jags, Trevor Lawrence. So, Colts, AR-15. Bears, our boy Justin. Vikings, Kirk. Falcons, talked about him. Lions, Goff, that's an exception. Um, Panthers, Giants, Rams, Bucks, Falcons. There are two quarterbacks that are top 15 quarterbacks that they have to face. So they're out of division schedule, easy. With the exception of the Lions and um, who was the other one I said? Jags. Yeah, Lions and the Jags, those are the two tough ones. The rest of that is garbage. It's so bad. And I've got to imagine, I mean, you've got Bryce Young who can't see over the line. His offensive line also sucks. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets hurt halfway through the year. I don't know what to expect from the Falcons. They're the kind of only wild card, but their defense is a mess. We'll see if their offense figures it out. And then the Bucks, the Bucks are their offense is terrible. So it's this is going to be a very defensive division. But when you look at the Saints and the weapons that they have, if they are all clicking, you may or may not be a Derek Carr fan, but he is the best quarterback in that division by far. They get Michael Thomas to even play as seventy five percent of how he played. Good. Alvin Kamara, I know he suspended the first three games. Great weapon as well. That defense can't be slept on either, especially with these quarterbacks that they're going against. So I really see that, and they are even money, if not a little bit plus money. They're either one, plus 100 or plus 110 to win the NFC South. And that's the play that I like here. I, I like picking them out of the gate to win that division because that division is going to be struggling. I think it's going to be a 9-8 and eight type division that wins it. Um and I think the Saints come out on top. I think that the biggest threat to them is Atlanta. And they play on the last day, they play the last week of the season in New Orleans. So if it comes down to that game, I'm taking New Orleans to win that too and just win the win the division. Yeah, so that's that's my that's my play there. Just wanted to throw that out. I know we still got, you know, a week or so until this starts up, but um Yeah. Just wanted to no, throw I, that out. I really love that play. I think you get the best quarterback in the division at, at plus money. The you know out of division schedule is almost an added bonus because really all you need when you're betting the division is them to just be better than the other teams in their division. I think that's it's a pretty easy ask of the Saints um, in this case. So makes a lot of sense. I have a couple of NFL takes as well, but I'm going to save them for next week so we, we can get us out of here. Um, thanks for tuning in. It's good to be back with you guys, um, you Seth especially, and, and Hopper Nation. Um, thanks for tuning in listening to our college football overs and unders and our picks for week one. Ready to get it going. Ready, ready to get after it. And, and you have no idea the amount of joy that I will have turning on my TV to see Graham Mertz Thursday come on, night. on Thursday night. Get those I, hope, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he proves me wrong. But I'm, I'm going to ride it until it, it dies.
So, well, Hoppers, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week. And uh, let's play some bets. Let's get after it. Let's start the season hot. Let's go. Week one, baby. All right. Later, Hoppers.